I think we're always trying to balance, you know, at Dynamo, but like how to improve Slack so that we, we get the benefits and without some of those drawbacks. Um, it's an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You can find yourself just playing, uh, one of my colleagues named it Slackamole all day, you know, <laughs> putting up fires in different channels. <laughs> Welcome to Work Mode, a series of conversations with leading creators on how they get their work done. I'm Alex Nemiroff, co-founder of Dynamo, a digital agency in Montreal. Hello, this is the fifth episode in our series of interviews with investors, founders, and startup folks produced in partnership with Accelerate Montreal at C2 Montreal. Today, we are speaking with Alyssa Atkins, the Director of Marketing at CareGuide, an online service that helps pair families with the care, support, and providers they need. Alyssa is a former marketing leader at Top Hat and graduate of the Next 36, Canada's most rigorous entrepreneurship institute, in today's conversation, she covers an incredible array of great work habits and has a really contagious enthusiasm for her work. Care Guide seems like a really interesting organization, and she tells us about how they're addressing real problems across a really varied number of verticals with innovative solutions and really motivated people. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. First of all, thanks a lot for joining us, Alyssa. My pleasure. Why don't we start with the foundational question that I ask everyone. What's on your agenda today? Okay. So Tuesdays are meeting days. So mm. I'll be in meetings literally all day today. <laughs> okay. um, I try to batch my days like this so that I can block off full days to do deep work. So for example, Mondays are mostly spent digging into analytics. Tuesdays are meetings. And then Wednesday and Thursday, I block off no meeting scheduled for deep work. And then Friday is spent kind of catching up, thinking more strategically, closing up the week. Um, but yeah, I find compartmentalizing days like this just allows space to get really deep on a project instead of, you know, being interrupted throughout the day with meetings. Um, you actually get done work faster, I find, because the switching costs are lowered, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Still and then tonight I'll be heading to Montreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's really wonderful. Have you read that book, Deep Work? Reading it right now. Tell oh. me Oh, man. Yeah, I listened. I discovered it listening to the Ezra Klein podcast uh, podcast show. Right, and uh, I was fascinated, fascinated, and really resonated uh, what he was saying about deep work with me. So I'm in the middle of his book right now and trying to implement the practices that he talks about. That is amazing. So I learned about it from one of our speakers at Dynamic Montreal, this event that we run. Her name is Maria Molfino, and. Again, we so we use that in our uh, book club at Dynamo, and I'm a big fan. I love the way that you've ended up blocking your week because I ended up kind of looking at it as day by day, like kind of like you know deep work every day for a small amount of time. And listening to you talk feels like you have a really you have a much more productive week out of it. That's that sounds great. Well, and you know it's it's actually hard to implement in practice. It takes a lot of diligence uh, and discipline. Absolutely. And it's definitely a muscle that I'm learning to exercise. You know, it's not something you just decide I'm going to do deep work this week. Right. And it flows exactly as you'd expect. Definitely is taking practice, I'm finding. So wh what time of day is most productive for you? Definitely the morning. 
Mm. for noon. I find, you know, my focus is fresh. My willpower tank is at full. Mm -hmm. So I tend to front load anything that requires a larger amount of discipline or focus or decision making early in the day as I just start to deplete as the day goes on. Do you do that naturally or does that also come through kind of like reading and reflection? I'd say uh, naturally that's my Mm. uh, way of being. And then I structure my day around that, knowing that about myself. And so I try to get the most productivity out of myself in the morning um, when I know I'm, I'm more likely to be able to flex those muscles. Cool. Do you do your best work alone or collaboratively? Um, you know, it depends. When it comes to doing any kind of you know, deep work, like we were saying, or actually delivering on a project, definitely alone. But as for ideation, I tend to prep alone and then find ideating together in a group has proven quite fruitful. And Mm -hmm. uh, actually, my favorite thing is something that we've done recently at Care Guide. So we structured these week-long sprints, we call them, and we brought our our growth and marketing teams together. And we had a unified metrics-driven goal to hit by the end of the week. And we came up with a bunch of ideas together on how we could get there. And then we ranked the projects by impact, how confident we were they would move the needle and how easy they were to complete in a week. Chose which ones we'd go after and then just divided and conquered and kind of locked ourselves in a room together, the four or five of us working toward the same goal, sometimes on projects together. And so I just found, yeah, the energy that comes from being around other people working really hard to get to the same goal is quite satisfying. That's really cool. A week is a small snippet of time. Was that challenging to try to identify like how you can move the needle in a week? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we, you know, we have some pretty audacious goals um, in terms of our growth rate. And so we just, you know, thought, thought up what would be the most high impact projects that we could reasonably get to within a week and went after it. Mm, Cool. You sound um, really passionate and motivated about the work that you do. I'm kind of curious, what excites you most about what you do? Yeah. So from a personal growth perspective, I love working on solving hard problems with brilliant people. Um, CareGuide's been pretty innovative and strategic in our approach to the care industry. And even in our marketing channels, we've made some pretty ambitious moves such as acquiring the incumbent in our space. And it's really just exhilarating. And so I love the intellectual challenge that comes from it, these really difficult problems to chew on. It just pushes me outside of my comfort zone. I find that very fulfilling. Um, Mm. But, you know, it's also really exciting, the impact that our work has on people's lives, being in the care space. So, Mm -hmm. you know, helping mothers go back to work and fulfill their career dreams with Canadian Nanny or alleviating someone's anxiety about leaving their beloved pets at home with petsitter.com. You know, we've got these markets across different uh, verticals. And so, I don't know, the effect that we have on people's lives is pretty palpable. And that makes it a little bit easier to throw yourself at the work, I find. Flip side of that, what keeps you up at night? Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, literally, by the end of the day, I'm pretty exhausted. So usually, policy quickly, but I assume you mean conceptually. <laughs> yeah, or conceptually, uh, <laughs> yeah. Some people it's it's literal, but yeah, let's let's start yeah. conceptual. So, you know, it's mainly around what could I have done better? Did I do enough? So, you know, particularly with communication with my colleagues or development of my team, you know, am I doing my best work? What is the net impact I'm having on the company? Um, and so, you know, I actually attempt to handle these thoughts right when I come home. So, Right when I get in from the day, I try to just reflect and ask myself, what could I have done better? Usually it involves something around communication or, you know, could I have been more productive? I evaluate what did I do well? 
So acknowledging mm-hmm. where I'm improving and the impact that I'm having. And then what am I going to work on for the next day? Where am I going to focus my attention next? And I kind of, I try to make peace with my day and then I'm able to be more fully present for spending time with my husband and the other people in my life. It always strikes me when I come across something that sounds as really well guided and formulaic as you've laid it out. And I can't help but wonder, like, is this real? Or do you actually do everything that you're saying right now on a day-to-day basis? Scout's honor. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, ask my colleagues and ask my husband. Now, of course, there are days when sure, you know, sure. the chaos ensues and I, I can't quite follow that structure. But what I've found is, um, you know, in forming any habits, really the idea is to take away a lot of the decision-making effort because, or to it, really to extirpate the feeling hmm. around doing something. And so, um, you know, of course I don't feel like I want to go in the gym, but to the gym, but I've found if I create a structure for myself that I almost follow on autopilot, I'm a lot more productive than leaving it to the last minute or to leaning on my feelings to dictate what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of these, these structures or mechanisms that I've developed have come from a lot of self-reflection and understanding the way that I work best so that I can put a structure around it and allow it to guide me. That's really well said. Did you read that book, Power of Habit? Yes. Okay. Sounds like <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely guides a lot of kind of what you hear here. It's so easy to read, but to actually apply it in the way that you have is inspiring. Yeah, it's nice to hear. Outside of work, what's your favorite thing to do? Um, well, I religiously go to the gym each morning followed by a bit of meditation. I did this uh, 10 day silent meditation course years ago. And so I try to keep up a bit of a practice. Um, I'm pretty voracious reader. I have an ambitious goal this year of how many books I want to read. So I've been uh, going through them pretty quickly. Um, I like to hang outside, hiking, cycling. And honestly, my latest hobby is going to the spa. Oh, Uh, nice hobby. (laughs) I love going. And I've started going at the end of each quarter I use it as kind of like a personal check-in, almost the way you would for a business. So I evaluate, you know, where am I at against my goals? How am I feeling generally? What do I need to accomplish for the next quarter? And that's actually the the spa days are where a lot of these structures come out of too, is understanding, you know, what environment am I working in the best and how can I alleviate some of the anxiety of the things that do keep me up at night, right? Wow. And so I just kind of relax and take an outside in view on how things are going and just chill. I love that goal, the once a quarter spa visit. It's so fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've covered a lot already, but aside from the kind of structure that you're talking about, is there anything that you would give advice on in terms of apps or, or specific hacks? Mm-hmm. So um, my life is pretty much run by my calendar. Mm. So again, it's this idea of structuring the day so that I, I take the feeling and having to think about what I'm going to do next out of it. So Sunday night or Monday morning, I plan out what I'm going to do for the week, almost to at least my work week, almost to the half hour. And so the idea behind this is just being thoughtful about what needs to happen that week Mm. before you're in the midst of the chaos of the work week. And so you just mindfully schedule how you're going to get there. So I schedule and I even schedule, you know, nebulous slush time in, uh, in the week for like thinking or catching up on things. Amazing. So that really is my uh, true north in terms of tools. Other than that, I guess Slack, although I'm inclined to believe Slack is more of a distraction tool these days than a productivity tool. Mm-hmm. I'm finding, I don't know, the construct of the whole thing is almost antithetic to productivity, but jury's still out. I still use it for now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. 
By the way, what's your goal? You talked about that ambitious goal for books. How many books are you trying to read? Okay, so I'm trying to read 52 books this oh, year. I knew that was going to be it. Yeah, that's, people like you are inspiring. And are you going to reach that goal? Listen, I'm way behind. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that gives me pleasure to hear, but but that's that's amazing. I'm pro. It's it's hard to say whether I will. I'm on my twelfth book right now, and uh, it's not looking great. But it's amazing. Reading stuff. a lot more than I would have otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the net result is that, right? Like, if you end up, you know, <laughs> crushing a bunch of books, even if you don't get to fifty-two, that's spectacular. God. Yeah. Do you ever? I mean, it sounds like you do, but I find like a lot of the people that I speak to have trouble kind of turning off, stop thinking about work and, and what they can do. But it sounds like your systematized mm -hmm. approach kind of leads you to, okay, being able to kind of close the book every day. Is that, is that true? You know, I try to, and mm. like, like I, I have these systems that are meant to be catalyst to that, but I fail at these systems all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my type of personality, I almost always need to feel like I'm making progress towards something. So even if there are times if I'm not thinking about care guide necessarily, even in my personal life, I feel like I have to be making progress towards something, mm. whether it's, I don't know, having a really clean and, and serene environment at home or like this reading goal. So, um, I definitely do just hang on and relax. This weekend was a great example of that. And, uh, spa days, for example, um, but I think when you're really passionate about something, you really care about something, it tends to just kind of occupy space in your mind. And often the times when I've turned myself off are the times where I come up with some of the best ideas to mm. bring back to work. Just wanted to take a second to say thanks to Unbounce, the landing page builder for marketing teams and agencies, for sponsoring Work Mode and for allowing us to use their recording studio here in Montreal. Unbounce has a great podcast of their own for digital marketers. It's called Call to Action. You can check it out on iTunes and at unbounce.com slash call to action podcast. I, I want to just talk a little bit about Accelerate. So you're coming into town tonight and as part of C2, there's this Accelerate Montreal program and you're going to be speaking there. First of all, what's drawn you to, to participate? Yeah. So, um, one of care guides investors is Inovia, right? Uh, excellent fund. And, um, you know, they're putting together, they put together a, a dinner for the, the marketing leaders of their portfolio companies each year. So that's what initially draw me to, um, to Montreal for this time. Cool. And then, uh, as a part of accelerate, I've just heard such fantastic things about the conference. It seems like a really high energy conference. There's a lot going on and I'm excited. It seems like there's going to be some really brilliant minds there, such as yourself. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what kind of had me originally considering going. Cool. What kind of advice might you have for some of these founders that are there? Yeah, well, I'm going to be chatting with them about marketing and growth. And so, um, something that I've had to develop the ability to do is to, to grow marketing channels without always relying on engineering. And so I think mm. pretty much across the board, engineering is really, really powerful resource for any company. Um, but the resources are usually pretty strapped, you know, focusing on product and uh, infrastructure and care guide. We do have a robust engineering team that does focus on growth um, and they're really aligned with the business. It's prudent, though, for marketers, I think, to test and prove out profitable channels before necessarily bringing them to engineering to scale out. Mm. It really has to treat engineering as a gold resource as well. And so what I'm chatting with the founders about is how do you 
test, uh, scale and automate marketing channels, ones that are profitable or at least break even without relying too heavily on engineering. Um, I love that. So, yeah. I feel like that, man, that's, that's some useful tactical advice right there. It'll be super tactical. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. I always prefer that when I'm listening to speakers is let me walk away with something I can implement you know, yeah. that day. So that's what I'm really going for. That's awesome. You know, I've been asking a lot of the Accelerate speakers what their take on the landscape in Canada right now, the startup kind of ecosystem, how conducive is it is to success. What's your, your feeling there? You're working out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a feel as to, you know, the progress that we've made and, and where we stand right now? Yeah, I, I, I find it very encouraging, the landscape of uh, mm-hmm. startups in Canada right now. I think, um, you know, we, we feel ourselves motivated and pushed by what's happening in Silicon Valley. And we, we're seeing uh, a lot of talent move back, which is exciting, mm-hmm. bringing back what they've learned. And so I think Canadians are in a prime uh, space right now to be starting companies, to be having them funded. Um, I'm just seeing more and more people uh, diverting their careers from going into consulting or, or banking and finance into entrepreneurship and startups and venture capital. And that's really exciting to see and really encouraging. The, of the different stages, early, middle, late kind of thing, is there one thing that we're doing particularly well right now? Yeah. What I'm seeing, I think, is that Canadians are becoming more ambitious. Mm. I'm seeing a, a lot more startups that are going after loftier goals uh, with gusto and moving much much more quickly. Mm. And so uh, I think that's something that Canadians have sometimes been um, poked at or made fun <laughs> of a bit for. Right. not quite necessarily thinking large enough, but you're seeing right. you know, companies... Um, like Thalmic Labs and Shopify, who are just going after really, really huge spaces. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that has an effect on others who are considering entering the industry as well. Now, as I said, you've been part of two very, what I would call, I don't know, human-oriented businesses with, with Top Hat and Care Guide. Is that a personal motivation that kind of attaches you to, to those kinds of missions? What's behind that? You know, I joke that I appear to be drawn to businesses that are incredibly complex. And so, um, you know, with Top Hat, uh, this, the business model is, is quite compelling and, and very complex. And with CareGuide, we've got all these different verticals right. um, that we run through one same backend. And so um, really the truth, though, when deciding on these companies to work for what is, um, is the people that I'm working with mostly, especially the people that I'd be reporting to and who the founders are. Both mm. Mike and John, my colleague now at CareGuide, are brilliant CEOs and founders, very strategic and ambitious. And I find that I want to surround myself with people who are going to push me out of my comfort zone and, and, you know, where I'm going to be very uncomfortable in a positive way, because that's really what forces growth. And so I say the people is what I look at first um, with both of these startups. And Mm. then um, how large the opportunity is, you know, Top Hat tackling the education space and Care Guide going after uh, the care space, both pet care, home care, Childcare is a massive opportunity. And so the opportunity to have a dent on an industry like that is really, really uh, enticing to me. Mm-hmm. Aside from the people that you speak so highly of, do you feel like the industries themselves, do you find a kind of daily reward in that? Or is that fewer and, and farther between sort of thing? I would say it's fewer and farther between. Mm-hmm. It's, I find I notice it most when I step back and look at what we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, 
on the day-to-day basis, I find I'm motivated by, like I said before, the challenging problems, really expending intellectual capacity to, to solve hard problems. Mm-hmm. That's day-to-day what's quite satisfying in the people that we work with. But when you look back on a larger scale, it's inspiring to see what we're doing um, to impact each of these industries. What I love about hearing that is I feel like um, to be motivated by the problem that the company is solving or the industry is only kind of part of the problem, right? The people around you and who you're going to be working with on a daily basis and the daily problems are are the real keys to motivation. That's that's a nice, well, nice yeah. piece of insight. And that's what's most potent, right, mm-hmm. is that every day when you're in the trenches working, um, you have you have to find motivation and or at least um, fulfillment in those areas. Um it has to be more than, I, I think it has to be more than just the vision because that can be translucent at times um, and can be lost when you're, you know, head down focused in the day to day. So you, you led a care guide into launching that payroll service recently. I think it's called Heart Payroll. Can you give me the quick version, the overview of what that is and, and why it's described as kind of a game changer there? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, our primary um, line of business is, is matchmaking. Um, in the care space. Right. And then um, the difference is when, uh, th- then there's a, our payments line of business. So when a family and a nanny in particular become find a match, the family becomes an employer often for the first time. And what they don't know mm-hmm. usually is that they have to follow all the same employment law that any business has to follow. And so it's a quite cumbersome and taxing process. And so we solve this with heart payroll with our answer to that. And so it's uh, a, a full payroll system that's focused on um, in-home uh, and out-of-home care. So, you know, elder care, uh, nannies in particular right now. And so it takes care of all of that burden from the family. So it takes care of the nannies, T4s, um, the ROEs, like submitting all of the taxes, direct deposit, um, all of it, literally beginning to end. And so it just uh, really alleviates the burden for the family. And it's particularly protecting for the nannies. Uh, when nannies aren't working under the table, you know, we make sure that they're being at least paid minimum wage, they're mm-hmm. being paid on time, they have all the necessary tax forms. And so it really protects both nannies and families in these situations. That problem statement kind of resonates with me so much. I feel like this is a real example of really knowing your market and your customer well and mm-hmm. responding with something that, that really fits the need there. It's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Two other questions I have about Care Guide. Number one is... As you talked about, you run kind of like one service, but it's across all these verticals. From a global level, how does that affect marketing? That must be difficult to square away. Yeah. So um, the interesting part and what allows uh, working on this to keep me sane is that all (laughs) of the architecture and the infrastructure in the back end is the same. And so Mm -hmm. we can deploy marketing campaigns across the board within a single uh, effort. Now, the difference is the messaging is obviously different for the different sites and the audience varies um, from side of market to the different sites. But having that similarity in the back end is what really allows us the dexterity to reach really far in Mm. each of with each of the verticals. There was this presentation that you gave at uh, FinTech conference, FinTech TO, I think, and you spoke about turning competitors into customers. Can you clarify what that means for Care Guide? Yeah, sure. So, you know, there are a lot of different ways that families will find a nanny in Canada. There's, uh, you know, Canadian Nanny, self-serve site. There are sites like Craigslist or Kijiji, and then there are agencies. Um, And so no matter how a family finds a nanny, they still have those same payroll burdens, right? And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, historically, 
you could look at an agency and Canadian nanny at odds with each other. We're both competing for families who are looking for a nanny, right? But the truth is that there's always going to be people who have more time than money who are going to use a site like Canadian Nanny and people with more money than time who are going to use an agency and then there will be some overlap. But what we did is when we launched Heart Payroll, we we created a relationship with the agency such that they could serve Heart Payroll to their customers as well. So Mm. what could have been seen as, um, you know, an opposing relationship or competitive relationship with the agencies, we instead leveraged that to extend the segment of the market that we were able to serve with Heart Payroll such that it's not just our Canadian nanny clients, but anybody who's looking for a nanny. Right. And then by extension, you have now another marketing strategy to work out. Has it been hard to approach, quote unquote, competitors in this way? Not at all. I find actually the agencies are so appreciative of um, being able to offer this service to their clients because it's not something that they would provide otherwise, right? And so it actually bolsters um, the satisfaction with which their clients have with their business. Um, And all of them are just so delightful to to work with. Um, You know, they're really, really quite friendly and open to different ways of working together. And so it's a pretty mutually beneficial relationship. That is amazing. There are people like you in, you know, starting off marketing careers or early in the kind of like startup journey. Is there overall perspective or overall advice you might give to someone who's listening, who's just kind of getting started on this road? Yeah. So um, it it took me quite a bit of time to figure out exactly where I wanted to be and to get my footing. And I think an important element that is to not necessarily always focus on strengthening your weaknesses, but just identify what your strengths are and double down on those. Mm. So, you know, for example, in my job, it's important that I'm able to speak with engineers. I'm, I, you know, can write a database languages like SQL or a little bit of HTML and CSS, but I I knew I was never going to be the world's best programmer. And so instead of spending my time working on learning to code, you know, how can I double down on those other skills that I have, whether it's, you know, marketing or or building out channels or speaking engagements, things like that. Mm. And so I think a lot of people try to be really good at a lot of different things. And I've, I found, you know, I think I wasted time trying to do that. Whereas instead I would urge people to identify what it is that you're naturally good at. Um, and if you do take any pleasure in pursuing, um, whatever that is, then to double down and really try to be the best at it. That's amazing advice because it's not, you know, there's not kind of a default answer for everyone. The, mm-hmm. the idea of exploding your strengths is, is a really powerful direction. And obviously you've had a lot of success with it. And you, it sounds like you're very good at what you do and also very passionate about it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Listen, I look forward to, to meeting you tomorrow. This has been a really yes, me en- too. enjoyable conversation. And like many of the people I speak to, you're very inspiring. So uh, thanks a lot for making the time, Alyssa. Oh, thank you, Alex. It was, it was absolutely my pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting with you. It was great chatting with Alyssa today. If you have comments about anything you've heard, you can find us on Twitter at Work Mode Show. And for more information about Alyssa, you can follow her on Twitter at Alyssa Atkins. This episode was produced in partnership with Accelerate Montreal, which brings startups from all over North America to C2 Montreal. Work Mode is produced by Dynamic Collective Ventures, a not-for-profit building knowledge-sharing experiences for the digital and creative community. Steph at Edit Audio is our editor. Olivier Allery composed our theme. Thank you to our sponsors, InVision and Unbounce, as well as our media partner, the design blog, Mind Sparkle Mag. Please subscribe to Work Mode, rate us on iTunes, 
Give us feedback or visit our site for a complete show archive at workmode.show. 